Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is written by St. Luke and is taken from the book of Acts, the first chapter, beginning at verse 9. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. It is an awkward moment. The last in a long succession of amens has been spoken. The sign of the cross has been made. And the pastor has bent to share quiet words of comfort with the family seated in the front row. The other mourners standing in the cemetery under the portable awning or perhaps in the blazing sun shift restlessly but silently, unsure about what to do next. They aren't familiar with the protocols surrounding committal services. And to everyone's great relief, the director, the professional, who knows well every protocol, steps forward from his inconspicuous place to the side and clearly and authoritatively says, This concludes the gravesite service. At last, the cue has been given. After a moment of reverent restraint, people move. Conversations begin to gain confidence and soon erupt into ordinary interactions and even subdued laughter. It's over. It's time to move on. It's time to get back to ordinary life. It must have been that way for the eleven as they stood there on the Mount of Olives with their necks bent backward, their eyes squinting, and their heads spinning. Perhaps at first their heads had reverently bent down as Jesus raised his arms and declared his benediction. But they could not have helped looking up when Jesus' voice was suddenly coming from above them and there right before their eyes on or in or with the clouds, Jesus kept ascending into the sky. And the disciples kept looking, straining, piercing the motionless space until it seemed to start swirling. But still they kept on straining, staring at the spot where they had last seen him, trying to fixate on that exact spot where they had last seen seen him, and wondering, no doubt, what to do next. They weren't familiar with the protocols for an ascension, after all. How long do you stand there? What's the appropriate amount of time before you say something? And what could you say anyway? Who would dare to break that sacred spiritual moment with a word or even a movement? So they just kept standing and staring. And then somehow the eleven became thirteen. A baker's dozen. 
all standing there, not moving, anchored in place. But the newcomers knew the protocol. They knew what to do. With just a touch of chiding, they shared their understanding with the stiff-necked disciples. It was time to stop staring. The disciples had seen enough. It was time to move on, time to get on with life. It would be easy enough, I suppose, to find an immediate connection for all of us gathered at the end of May to be counting down the few remaining days until the end of the school year. Whether for you it is just the end of another school year that will just ramp up again in the fall in a few short months, or you have graduated and are done with school forever. And some of us hope we are done forever. Either way, it is good to get to the end. Good to get to the end and get on with real life. It's a common assumption and often asserted as a wise adage that those who go off to receive a higher education at a college or university are still being molded, framed, and shaped. They still have much to learn and discover upon graduating. Now is the time to bring their heads out of the clouds and books and get on with real life. It's time to see what life is about and deal with real problems in the real world. It's time to move on and get on with real life. But the fact of the matter is, they've already been doing that. They've already been living in the real world, developing relationships, working some to make ends meet, perhaps stressing about schoolwork and how to pay for it all. All the real problems that come with real life are a part of their experience too. And you know this. On the other hand, you also know that it's not just those who go off to school that are tempted to lose touch with reality. There are those who obsess over things that seem archaic, mundane, or trivial to us. Whether you're an engineer, a school teacher, parish pastor, accountant, barista, farmer, sales clerk, lawyer, homemaker, or student... We are all prone to it all the time. We are all inclined to obsess over some inconsequential patch of existence we can't quite see clearly enough. So we continue to stare and to strain, trying to see, trying to understand, until the world around us begins to swirl and spin into confusion. And this is the real point of the application. It's not that we need to finish school or complete our current work projects so that we can get on with real life. It's that we all must be careful not to fixate on the trivial and the insignificant and the irrelevant and ignore completely the things that do matter. Like staring into the sky and trying to find the point that has already vanished. It's far too easy for us to be consumed with things that do not finally matter. We need someone to come and tell us the obvious truth. This concludes the time for staring into heaven. Or for some of us, 
This concludes the time for putting sports, work, or leisure above worship on Sunday morning or Wednesday evening. That's why God sent the angels to the eleven. To tell them they had seen enough. It was time to stop staring and start speaking. Ten days later, filled with the overflowing power or promise of the Holy Spirit, the disciples would do just that. They would start speaking and they would never shut up. They were the witnesses. And so they kept telling people what they had seen. Mysteries and miracles and marvels and truths that blew their minds. And that changed everything forever. The angels were not sending the disciples back into ordinary life because you see, ordinary life no longer existed. Jesus had been crucified and had risen. And now Jesus had ascended into heaven and one day was going to come back and return. The same way they'd saw him go. Everything was changed forever. The disciples had seen all of this. And now they were to declare all they had seen and witnessed. They were his witnesses. That's the crystal clear message of Luke's account. Our text does not teach us to leave a life of contemplation for a life of service. We all know there is always some of both in any well-ordered life. The text provides the connection between witnessing with your eyes and meditating on marvels and then witnessing with your life and then speaking the truth in reality of those marvels to people who are around you today. The point of this amazing true story is that you must not lose your focus and perspective by focusing on the wrong things. Whether it's staring in the heaven, working, or running your kids off to a practice or game on Sunday morning. We need to be reminded not only about where Jesus has been, but here it declared where he is today. The two angels came to announce the conclusion of Jesus' ascension and nudged the eleven toward the life that awaited them. The disciples were witnesses, not of a funeral and burial and life bitterly broken forever, but witnesses of the resurrection and the ascension and life gloriously restored forever. The angels made it clear. The disciples had seen enough. They did not need to continue to strain their eyes, racking their brains staring into heaven at a spot where Jesus had been. They had already seen and grasped all that they needed to see and know. The message is the same for you. You have seen enough through the witness of the eleven and countless faithful witnesses since. And personally and directly in the water and the word of holy baptism, that made you a living witness. You have, by the power of the Holy Spirit, believed and seen the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. You know this reality. And you know that you don't need to stare off into the heavens to find Jesus. You know where to find Him. He's here. He's right here. As He promised in His Word in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, wherever two or three are gathered in My name, there I am in the midst of them. 
He's here on this altar. He's here in this bread. Here in this wine. He is in you and for you and with you. Contemplate that vision. Marvel at that wonder. And then go. Go be his witness. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.